Well, praise God, praise God. Glad to have you with us once again on Wednesday night live service coming to you right here from Houston, Texas. Faith Family Church is the church that I am blessed to be the senior pastor of. Hello to you wherever you are and thank you for allowing me to speak into your life. We've been in a powerful series. I am so excited about what we're going to get into tonight. It's really powerful. There's a lot in it. There's a lot of content. I know it's going to feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, fire, fire, uh, a fire hydrant. I was about to say a fire faucet, but uh, I, I know your spirit can contain it because you're made in the image and likeness of God. So grab a pen. Um, we'll we'll provide all of these notes and the video is recorded. So don't don't worry about anything you miss. One thing before I get started, coming up on June 1st, we're going to start a 21 day Jesus Strong Boot Camp. It's a 21 day challenge where we're getting back into shape spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially, which kind of dovetails with what we're doing with getting out of debt and staying out of debt. If you haven't already gotten a Jesus Strong t-shirt, let me encourage you to do so. Um, this is one of our, our, our best t-shirt projects that we use to evangelize and, and tell others about Jesus Christ. Um, you know, there you could be Texas strong, you could be Houston strong, but how about this? Get Jesus strong. So there's more to come about that. We're going to do an entire series starting June 7th. Got some really special uh, announcements coming up on this Sunday, um, so you don't want to miss that. But like I said, just in the, the small amount of time that we have for tonight, let's just dive in and get into what God has for us. All right, bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to meditate in your word. Your word teaches us to study, to show ourselves approved unto you, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to see these truths and insights from your word tonight. Give us utterance that we may speak boldly as we ought to speak. Let there be an anointing upon our ears that we hear what we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, this is part nine of Get Out and Stay Out, and we're dealing with big step number five. Now remember, in this series, we're getting out, we're talking about how to get out of debt and how to stay out of debt. Now that may take years of time, uh, but but the, the, the lessons that we're learning along the way prepare us that no matter if it's in the next five years or in the next 15 years, uh, it prepares us to stay the course. And especially tonight when we get into big step number five, which is this, be diligent and faithful. So the, the next big step that you're going to have to take in, in getting out of debt and staying out of debt is being diligent and faithful. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse four, that the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Come on now. That's awesome. So the, the, the soul of a lazy man is going to you know, end up being poor, but the soul 
of a diligent person is going to be made rich. And I'm not just talking about in spiritual things. He means rich in a biblical sense. Praise God. Then in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 20, the Bible also says that a faithful man will abound with blessings. And he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. So as we continue in this series, uh, the, the, the next big step in line, big step number five is to be diligent. Say it with me. Be diligent and faithful. Now, there are a lot of scriptures in the Bible that teach us to be diligent and that teach us to be faithful in general. But our focus is being diligent as it relates to getting out of debt and then also being faithful in not only getting out, but staying out. Well, in order to do so, we'll need to be these things specifically in order to get out of debt and stay out of debt. It requires diligence, as you're about to see in the word, and it requires faithfulness. So let's jump right into it so we can see. Uh, exactly what I'm saying. So in Proverbs chapter 10, there's a, the, in verse four, there's a proverb that says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. Uh, again, a, a lazy person is going to desire and have nothing. And, and he says, you, as a result of being or having a slack hand, you're going to become poor. But then it says that the hand of the diligent makes rich. So the word diligent here in the Hebrew properly means incisive, which is intelligently analytical and clear thinking. This word figuratively means determination, and it also means eager. So as I go through the, the, the scriptures, as I give you Old, Old Testament scriptures, as it relates to, to the word diligent, I want you to think it properly means incisive. I had to look that up. I didn't know what incisive is. I know what decisive is, right? And there must be some correlation between the two. And so I, when, I don't, when I read or hear a word that I don't understand, I look it up and I did. And this word incisive has a unique definition. That I pray that I never forget it. Incisive means intelligently analytical. I think I could be an analytical person, but I never saw those two words together to be intelligently analytical. And it refers to clear thinking. So intelligently analytical and clear thinking. That's what the word diligent means. Now, again, the hand of the diligent makes rich. So those that are intelligently analytical and clear thinking will be made rich. Another meaning for this word diligent is determination. I can remember growing up, uh, my father was a Baptist preacher. He's still a pastor to this day. Uh, hey, dad, and hey, mom, always. Um, you know, they, 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 there was a song that says, I am determined to walk with Jesus. I remember that from, from being a child, probably five, six years old. I could still remember the choir marching in with rows from the back of the church in that Baptist church in Detroit, Michigan. Hello to everybody watching in Detroit. All right. So again, the hand of the diligent, that word diligent means determination. Say it with me. Determination. It also implies or means eager. So as I, as I go through these, keep those things in mind. 
You see, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 34, talks about diligence. He says, but the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore, their brethren, the Levites, helped them until the work was ended and until the other priests had sanctified themselves. For the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. Now, I bring that out because not only is it using the word diligent, it says that the the Levites were more diligent than the priests. In other words, I'm challenging you in this series to be more diligent than others. Be more diligent. Other people desire to get out of debt, but I want you to be more diligent. Amen. Be more diligent. In other words, be more determined to get out of debt and stay out of debt than others. If you do that, I believe you will get out and you will stay out because the Bible says it. Then in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24, it says this, the hand of the diligent rule, rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Another verse in Proverbs 13, verse four, it says the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Now put these two together. And we read the first when we started this, that the hand of the diligent will be made rich. But verse 24 out of Proverbs 12, it says that the hand of the diligent will rule. When you are diligent, when you are incisive, when you, have in, when you are intellect, intelligently analytical and have clear thinking, you are gonna rule. Now remember this, the rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is serving to the lender. So remember that that ruling and being rich go together in a biblical sense. So I challenge you through this to be diligent. All right. Then in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse five, it says the plans of the diligent, the incisive, lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So he's talking about the hands or the plans of the diligent. Those who are into intelligently analytical and clear thinking, that's going to lead surely to to prosperity, to plenty. But the plans of everyone else who's hasty is going to come to poverty. In finances, let me inject this here because when I'm saying being diligent, I don't mean in just in a generic sense and trying to apply this definition to just some uh, figurative application in your life. In finances, budgeting is the epitome of diligence. And if you're like most other human beings on the planet, budgeting is not one of your favorite subjects. Most people don't live on a budget and especially those that have considerable amounts of debt or any amount of debt, the majority of people do not live on a budget. And I understand that. I'm a people too. But by way of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us tonight, I'm challenging myself to be more diligent in finances. I know I've, you know, done well where money is concerned and thank God for the blessing of the Lord but I am going to be more diligent. Why? Because I'm determined. 
Come on, somebody help me. I'm determined to get out and I'm determined to stay out. And so as I continue giving you more scriptures about being diligent, I want you to immediately attach it to being diligent in financial matters, being diligent to live on and to have a budget, to run your business on a budget and to be wise concerning money. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 23, it tells us literally be diligent to know the state of your flocks and to attend to your herds. So again, he's saying be diligent, be be incisive, be determined, be eager to know the state of your flocks. For me as a pastor, this is always a very familiar and important verse of scripture because, you know, you are God's sheep. And as a shepherd, I'm, I'm supposed to be diligent to know how the congregation is doing. It's why I endeavor to connect with you through these text messages and, 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 and reaching out and being available through the phone calls, etc. Is it, It's so important for me to be diligent in, in my duty as a pastor. But what about you? Maybe you're a business owner. You know, maybe you're a stay at home mom and, and you, you know, look well to the, the affairs of the household. Uh, maybe you're a, a man on the job. You work for someone else. Being diligent applies to each and every one of us. And we should, especially in financial areas, we should know how much is coming in and how much is going out. We should know whether we're spending too much on fast foods and it would be better used to buy more groceries, etc. You know, that's what this word diligence applies in a financial sense. And he's challenging us to do it. Another verse in um, another verse in Second Corinthians. Now, this is a New Testament verse in Second Corinthians, chapter eight and verse 17. He says here, for he not only accepted the exhortation, being more diligent, he went to you of his own accord. So obviously, Paul's talking about Titus, which it turns out to be Second Corinthians, chapter eight, verse 17. And it says of Titus that he was being more diligent. As a result, in verse 22, not only was he being verse more, more diligent, there was another. It says, and we sent with them our brother whom we have often proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent because of the great confidence we have in you. So now I know this, you know, it's kind of like what in the world are they talking about? We'd have to read the entire chapter to really get a feel for what Paul is saying, but he's talking about individuals that were more diligent than others. And that's what I'm talking to you about by the Holy Spirit is being more diligent than other people. See, not everybody lives at this level of debt freedom. It's very rare to find somebody that's in their life from their house to their car, to the, 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 to, to any, to the, any other consumables in their lives. It's very rare to find somebody that lives debt free, but I believe it's God's will for you. And I believe it's God's will for me. Notice we are being challenged today to be more diligent than we've been already concerning the finances. Titus was one. And then there was another who the Bible says they were often proved diligent in many things. What am I saying? I'm challenging you to not only be more diligent, but to be financially diligent in many other areas of your life. 
If you have been, that's great. But then also know that you can be much more than you've already been. So what am I saying? Be diligent, especially in the areas of finances. Start and stay on a budget. Dust that old that budget, budget off. Get it back into functioning in a weekly sense and use it. And I believe that the hand of the diligent will come to plenty. Amen. And the diligent soul shall be made fat. <clears throat> now, let's talk about the second part of this, and that is to be faithful. I know I'm speeding through this. I don't want to take all of your time. And again, these are components that will equip us to last for the next five to 15 years, however long it takes you to pay off every debt in your life. And I'm hoping that you've already decided that I'm not going to create more debt or new debts in my life. The only way to get out of debt is to stop borrowing, right? Okay. So in order to do that, then be faithful. Okay. In Proverbs chapter 28, let me give you two verses that we base this on. In Proverbs 28 and verse 20, the Bible says, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Proverbs 10 and verse 22 says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Man, that, that, that just stirs me up again and again. When you put these two scriptures together, a faithful man will abound blessing, will abound with blessings and the blessing of the Lord makes rich. You can see that immediately this is God's plan for you and I is to live in a place of debt freedom because as we become more and more faithful, we will abound with blessings. And when we abound with blessings, those blessings are going to make us rich and the rich rule over the poor. Are you getting all of this? I, I can see how it goes together. So what am I saying? I'm challenging you and I to be faithful. Say it out loud, be faithful. And then particularly in the small things in your life. You know, yeah, finance, finance, finances is one area of life. But, you know, if you're faithful with your finances, but you're unfaithful to your wife, I don't believe that that's the kind of faithfulness God is, you know, that, that I don't believe you're going to bound with blessings because you're not being faithful to your wife or in some other area. Actually, I've found that there are 12 areas in which I want to challenge you to be faithful in. <clears throat> now, before I give you that, let me give you one more verse. Um, so the Bible says in Luke chapter 16 in verse number 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. But he who is unjust in least, in what is least, is also unjust in much. And if you were to look at this in different translations, this word least here also means little. And it makes, and it makes, it makes sense. If you're faithful in a little thing, then you'll be faithful in a bigger thing. If you're faithful in a small thing, then you'll be faithful in a larger thing. Now, remember, we just finished big step number four, which is little by little. And the word of the Lord came to us 
to not despise the small things in our life. That small house, that small car, that small bank account, that small vacation, or whatever small as it relates to this subject. To despise it not. He said in Job that though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will greatly increase. I'm excited because we're right there. We're in that moment. We're rejoicing in the small things. But not only should we rejoice in the small, we also should be faithful in the small things. You know, Jesus would often say, or he said at least a couple times, that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And a lot of times we're looking for the big, big areas in our lives that are, that are preventing us from walking in the dream and the vision and the plan of God for us. But oftentimes it's those little things. And so with that in mind, I want, you, I want, to, I want to challenge you to be faithful in 12 ways. Like we said, when you think of diligence, uh, be diligent in financial matters. The epitome of being diligent in a financial sense is budgeting, tracking everything that comes in, everything that goes out. A budget is essentially a plan on what you do with the money that you have or that comes in. In the same way, I want to challenge you to be faithful. So when I read these scriptures, as I'm about to read, as it relates to faithfulness, I want you to apply them not to just one area where finances are concerned, but in multiple areas. And as you are faithful in these ways, you will abound with blessing. And that's what's going to cause you to get out of debt and to be able to stay out of debt. So write this down. Number one, be faithful to God. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, of all that are in your life, God should be number one. We said, of course, the big step number one in getting out of debt and staying out of debt is to seek God first. I mean, you can go to financial experts and they may be able to assist you, but those plans could come to nothing. You could spend considerable money trying to improve yourself in an area and it can come to nothing. But above all, he says to seek God first. Well, when you seek him, be faithful to him. In other words, do what he tells you to do. As we look into the definitions of faithfulness, we'll see that that's what that is. So I challenge you today, number one, to be faithful to God. Number two, be faithful to your spouse. Be faithful to parenting. If, if I could group your, your wife and your children together, be faithful to your family. You know, what is it if you gain the whole world, if you go after these material things, but you lose your family? You know, some of the, 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 the poverty is also often attached. You know, people go through financially rough times when they go through a divorce. Be faithful to your spouse. Be faithful to, you, to parenting your sons and your daughters. Number three, be faithful to tithe. I truly believe in tithing. Now, I know we don't have to, but we get to. And when you're faithful, and my wife, again, I, I'm still chewing on every time I see it in scripture. Now I'm starting to see it. She ministered a message called uh, Be Careful to Obey. And, and one of the things that came up in me as, as a word from the Lord was again about this, this issue of tithing. I can remember like yesterday, June 11th in 2018, the word of the Lord came to me to be careful, to be consistent, 
and careful to tithe. And what I, what I received from that was, I mean, to be meticulous with it. You know, if $1,234 came in to, to give the tithe of $123.40, come on, right? And so what came back up in me was a renewed, I mean, you know, I had got back into the general sense and, and has been faithful to tithe that we have been as a, as a church organization, tithers for all of 2019. But it came back up in me. So I've made an adjustment since then. As a matter of fact, on May the 18th, I got clear direction about an adjustment to make as it relates to tithe. Now, every Tuesday, I am to sit down and with the first thing to do on that day is to write out the tithe seed to sow into other ministries that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm challenging you. If you want to get out and stay out of debt, be diligent and be faithful. And where it is concerning being faithful, be faithful in these 12 areas. Number one, to God. Number two, to your spouse and where, you, where your children are concerned. And then number three, be faithful to tithe. Again, like I said, though, you could be faithful in tithing and unfaithful in all these other things. Do you think that that will work? For example, uh, another one on here is to be faithful to your church. Amen. Number four is being faithful to your church. Number five is being faithful to read your chapter. If you go to a church like, like we do here at Faith Family Church, man, reading our chapter is important. You know, we're told by God to read our Bible, meditate therein. So add to that list, be faithful to reading your chapter. That's a little thing. But I believe as you're diligent and faithful in these small things, you'll be able to be a ruler over bigger things. Be faithful to your job. Obviously, that's significantly important. Be faithful to your team. If you do serve like we do on a team, whether it be on the job, in the church, or in the community, be faithful to that team. Another one here I like is to be faithful to your creditors. If you've borrowed from, a, from Sally Mae, pay Sally Mae back. You know, it may take you some time, but pay them back. Be faithful in those little things. Be faithful in those little areas. And particularly, obviously, as it relates to finances, if you're faithful to pay off that little one, you'll be faithful to pay off that bigger one. So be faithful to your creditors. The next one is be faithful to budgeting and money management. Oh, man, this is good stuff. This is like gold, right? So be faithful to budgeting and money management. Here's another one. I like this one. Be faithful to your friends. Be faithful to your friends. You see, Proverbs 11 and 13 says that a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. I've got friends. Amen. Believe you've got friends. Be faithful where your friends are concerned. I believe that's important as it relates to being uh, faithful in a big sense. Then two more. Uh, next is be faithful to pray. You know, prayer and meditating the word of God are two things that you should do almost every single day of your life. You shouldn't just pray when you bless your food. Prayer is, is every success in life. I believe it. Every success in life is a prayer success. So be faithful to prayer. You know, Daniel is a great example of a man of prayer in scripture. And the Bible says in, in Daniel chapter six, verse three, 
verse four, that Daniel was faithful. So be faithful to prayer. We've got Tuesday and Thursday prayer. You can pray with us tomorrow morning. Be glad for you to do that. But this is something consistently I'm challenging you to do. And then last but not least, be faithful to what you have. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh, let me tell you again. Number 12 is be faithful to what you have, what you have already. Be faithful in it. Um, a friend of mine and I started a business a long, long time ago. And, uh, you know, we since then have sold that business. But th there's been a piece of equipment sitting in someone's yard uh, for that we, you know, we let someone use it. But it's been sitting there, needed some repair uh, for a, a couple of years, probably almost three years. Well, when you talk about being faithful to what you have, that means being a steward over your stuff. I can imagine if it is for you like it is for me, there's stuff right now in your garage that has value. It's of no use to you presently, but it still has value. You know, there's times when I, I want to just, you know, get the clutter out of my life and, you know, get stuff cleared out of closets and out of garage. One of the things that causes me reservation and hesitation is that there's value associated to it. And that's where stewardship comes in and begins to come to play. Yeah, that business profited us tremendously. And surely that piece of equipment has paid for itself over and over again. But it still has value. It's not trash. Just the other day, being faithful, I took it and put it in the shop, was able to get it out. And as a result, we should be in a position to sell that for a lot, 10 times of what it costs just to get it repaired, right? What is that? That's being faithful to what we have. Amen. Now, let me give you a few scriptures. As we talk about this word faithful, I want you to apply it to these 12 things. And I want you to see examples in the word of God and what God's word has to say about being faithful. Numbers chapter 12 and verse seven, it says, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Again, taking a verse out of, out of its context, we see here, though, that God refers to Moses as being one that he calls faithful. In all of the family of God at that time, he says this guy is the example of faithfulness. This word here that God used in, in the Hebrew means loyal, constant and steadfast. So when you run that list of being loyal to God, being constant with your spouse and, and parenting, being steadfast with your tithe and to your church and on your job, all of those begin to apply. But then I found in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter three and verse two, the Bible speaking of Jesus says, he is who was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. I know that sounds a bit funny taking it out of context, but again, this passage of scripture is talking about Jesus saying that Jesus is faithful to God who appointed him, even like Moses was faithful in his generation. Oh, come on somebody. So not only did God point this out in the Old Testament, he gave us a biblical example in the New Testament and says, Jesus, if you want to know what an example of faithfulness is, 
Jesus was faithful to God. The Greek word that was used here in Hebrews when it was written means this, which also gives us a definition when we say faithful. It gives us a definition of what it means. Here, faithful means trustworthy or can be counted on or trusted in. So when you talk about someone being faithful, you're talking about them being able to be counted on or trusted in. They are trustworthy. Let me keep giving you, I know this is a lot. Normally I don't give this much scripture. I do give a lot of scripture, but the word of God has so much to say about both of these. I could probably do an entire series just on diligence and I could do an entire series just on faithfulness. We're cramming them together challenging you over the next years of your life, make this a part of your attributes, your character, that it would be defined of you that you're a diligent soul and that you're a faithful man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible actually charges us to be faithful. It says here, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. I don't know whether you know this or not, but we are stewards over everything that we have. Everything, if, you, if you're a Christian, for us, everything we have really belongs to the Lord. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. If anything, he's just given us what we have, as it were, on loan. When we came into this world, we were naked. And when we leave, <laughs> we didn't have anything when we came in and we won't have anything when we leave out. That means what we do have, we're just stewards of it. And so the Bible says here that it's required of stewards that we be found faithful. Let me give you a definition for the word stewards if you're taking notes. Stewards means... Uh, it refers to a house distributor, that is a manager, an overseer, i.e. an employee in that capacity, a fiscal agent or treasurer. Wow. So it, it, it it's referring in a financial sense, challenging you and I with the concept of seeing everything we have as something that we manage, that we oversee. That, that as an employee in this capacity, that we're the manager or supervisor, overseer, but specifically as in financial matters, that we are a fiscal agent or a treasurer. Amen. Then in 1 Samuel, back to the Old Testament, chapter 2 and verse 35, it says, Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. So notice this here. God is giving us, this is a, this is God's definition of faithfulness. What does it mean to be faithful? I gave you a couple of things in the Hebrew and the Greek, but if God were to define the word faithful, what would it be? I believe in 1 Samuel 2.35, God is giving us his definition of what faithful means. It is one who does according to what's in the heart and the mind of God. I'll say that again. 
What does it mean to be faithful? It is someone who does according to what is in the heart and mind of God. Don't you see that now? That's why we say, seek God first. And then when he tells you what to do, be faithful to do it. Do according to what's in the heart of God. That's why I believe we're even in under this mandate to get out and to stay out of debt because that's what God is saying. As I get ready to close, there's about four or five more verses of scripture, but let these be a powerful example in you and let this stir in you deep as you purpose to be diligent and faithful, especially in financial matters. First Samuel chapter 22 and, and, and verse 14 it says, so Ahimelech answered the king and said, and who among all your servants is as faithful as David? Who is the king's son-in-law who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house? If there were a second biblical example of faithful, it would be David. In that, this definition describes a person who's faithful as one who goes at someone else's bidding and is honorable. As, as, a, as a child of God, go at the Lord's bidding. Only buy what he instructs you to buy. Only build what he instructs you to build. Do what he would want you to do and be honorable in all. Then in the book of Psalms 31, stanza 23, it says, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints. For the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. I want to challenge you. The Lord preserves the faithful. You know what that speaks to me? You see, in all of the debt that's, that's attached to us, there's interest. Obviously, some more than others. But in all the nature of the credit system, is that I'll give you this, but you're going to give me back way more or more or a little more than what I gave you. And it just compounds over time. Well, now note and think about this, especially in the mortgage company. This is crazy. I can remember as a young adult when I first found out how the, the a mortgage works. I mean, if it's a thousand dollar mortgage or a two thousand dollar mortgage, of that first payment, maybe $10, maybe $100 goes to the principal, but the other $990 goes to the interest. They get all of theirs up front. Doesn't that give you an indication? It's like the caterpillar and the canker worm and the palmer worm and that which devours. It's like in Malachi 3 that that, that when you tithe, God opens the windows of heaven and he rebukes the devourer. There is a devourer in the land. But when you are faithful, God will preserve you. He'll protect you. And that's another reason why we should be faithful. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 45 in the New Living Translation says that a faithful, sensible servant, steward, is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. Let me ask you a question. Can God give you that kind of responsibility? Can he cause such increase and in favor to rest upon your life where you'd be responsible for managing others and their livelihood be impacted by your decisions? 
I believe God is challenging you and I to be faithful, to be that sensible steward, to be the intelligently analytical and clear thinking person that he has called and created us to be. One chapter over in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 20 through 21, it says this. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done. Listen carefully. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well, think about it. He started with five and ended up with 10. He started with just a few and he ended up with much. That's what the word says happens with a person who is faithful. I'm challenging you as I close to be faithful in these 12 areas of life. And that when you do, you'll become ruler over many more things. And remember, the rich rule over the poor. When you become a ruler, you'll become wealthy. I close with Luke chapter 19 and verse number 17. Again, as you can see, there's just so much in the word of God as it relates to these two subjects. But big step number five to get out and to stay out is to be diligent and to be faithful. Luke 19, 17 says, and he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over 10 cities. Now, this is really cool. I don't have time to talk about the passage, but in the previous verse, in verse 16, the guy who had one mina was given 10 minas. And this turns out to be, you know, he was over one and now he ended up with 10. The Lord praises him. He says, great job. You were faithful in very little. Woo, glory to God. I, I just sense the help of the Holy Spirit right now. In your life and in my life, I see it happening. Despise not the little in your life. Be faithful over it. Be faithful over the few employees that you have. Be faithful as an employee to the employer that you have. Be faithful to your spouse. Be faithful to the stuff that's in your garage and, and in your closets. Be faithful in the little things. Can you imagine managing 10 times as much as you have right now financially? Can you imagine, think about it, can you imagine your net worth being multiplied by 10? Glory to I believe that's what happens when we're faithful. When you're faithful over what you have, God will cause to come into your life so much more. Big step number five, be diligent and be faithful. I pray, I pray that you got something good out of this tonight. We're getting ready to go ahead and close, but I wanna give you the opportunity if you're watching to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you've got sin in your life, you need to be saved from your sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Can I pray with you? 
All of us that are watching right now, most of us are born again. We believe that if we were to die, that we'd go to heaven. I know that's kind of almost in the mental sense incomprehensible. I've never met Jesus personally. I've never heard his voice. But yet I believe that he was and that he is, that he is the son of God and that he walked on the planet and died for my sins and that God raised him from the, from the dead. If you believe that, you won't know it, but you can believe it. If you believe that, God will save you right there. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I do believe that Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, that He died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put Him in a grave, but I believe He's alive. I don't know it. But I believe it. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. I've sinned. And now, Lord, I accept your offer of forgiveness. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Now I believe that when I die, I'll go to heaven because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please let us know that you gave your life to the Lord. Just text the word Jesus to 713-903-8533. Thank you for watching. All right, Faith family, we've got early morning prayer tomorrow at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Again at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. God has answered our prayers. We've Got some good news and some things that are coming up to tell you about, things we're excited about. So stay tuned. Come on Sunday morning. Be a part of our service. Don't be distracted. Be locked in. And when the best is yet to come, know that God loves you. I love you. And always remember, Jesus is Lord. We'll see you next time.